Attention Pokemon players, you are listening to Triple P, the Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast. On today's episode, Jake means the locals, Chuck tries to make Eternatus work, and the podcast is doomed on this Halloween episode. Chuck, how are we doing today? Uh, we are doing uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Oh, yeah? Uh, busy weekend, but um, just with a bunch of other stuff, helping my parents out with some things, but then uh, that's that's it like ah. not too much else going on very cool very cool yeah um it's been a very r- crazy week work-wise um but you know able to get into locals this week and i felt you know not not to go you know not to play any kind of like meta deck and kind of try to meme everybody and uh so i decided to play drake result and i know you got there late and we ended up getting paired and you're like oh let's just get this going and then uh you saw i flipped that over and <laughs> your face went from like smiling like, hey let's let's play some fun pokemon to oh no not this <laughs> this is gonna be my night so yeah well i mean i also was like uh we were talking earlier in our discord the during the week and you're mm-hmm. like eternatus is still bad and i'm like yeah i'm gonna kick everyone's butt with eternatus this week at locals <laughs> And then I show up. I'm like, all right, let's let's go. And then you drop Drake the Zolt on me <laughs> yeah. on the first. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be fun. Uh, Drake the was going so well to uh, you know, I played you, and then I played uh, a Jolteon deck, and and won both those games. And I was feeling good about the deck, and I'm like, oh my gosh. And then ran into two Urshifu's. Our locals don't even play Urshifu, uh, Rapid Strike Urshifu very often, um, but everybody was bringing them out this weekend. It really paid. I. I, I paid for it and went to two. I started out 2 0, then ended 0 uh, 2. Um, but it was still fun just to get out there, play a deck that I'm not used to, and something a little bit crazy. Yeah. And, and I went 2 and 2 with Eternatus. So I'm still 500. <laughs> but I, I was 2 and 0 against psychic decks and 0 and 2 against everything else. So the, the decks you should have <laughs> beat. <laughs> um, but all right. So today uh, we have another awesome guest, part of the Pokemon community. Uh, we have Zach Roy, a.k.a. Senior Doom. How are we doing today? I'm doing quite well. Just getting all prepped up for Halloween tonight and hopefully have a good time out. Time out. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, actually, I forgot to say yesterday. We also uh, it, today as of recording, it is Halloween day. But yesterday we actually went um, trick or treating in our town um, and my son was running around. It was raining. It was the first time we've ever done it in the rain. So we're just going with umbrellas and everything but he had a he had a blast he was uh he was anubis uh, nobody knew who he was like it was it was the craziest thing but uh no he had a blast but um yeah so your 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 kids are trick-or-treating tonight uh yeah uh we've been doing it my oldest is actually 11 so we've been doing it for years Mm -hmm. and it's become one one of the family traditions you've got you've got to have it for sure are you are you dressing up this year Ah uh, yes, I actually I, every year I dress up as a Ghostbuster. Nice, nice, nice. That's awesome, especially with the new Ghostbusters movie coming out pretty soon. Yes, <laughs> I'm excited which, about that. Which Ghostbuster? Uh, most Ghostbusters, when you go, is you go as yourself because everybody can be a Ghostbuster. Okay. It's more, it's more about the equipment. Yes, yes. No, I like that a lot actually. Um, but hey, so this is the first time you were on. Um. I think a lot of people listening to our podcast probably know who you are, but if they don't, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself um, and where you kind of fit into, uh, you know, the Pokemon community. Well, I'm a, uh, the easiest way to put it, put it is um, my name is Zach. I'm a professional illustrator 
partner and I usually on my own streaming, I actually, I'm a very decent TCG player. Mm-hmm. Uh, I stream Pokemon and I stream myself drawing a lot of Pokemon art and emotes. Uh, you can <laughs> watch me on, on Twitch, do those uh, Monday, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. A little self-promotion. Cause again, that's where, where I'm part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I, I do a lot of work like that. Like I do commission work of Pokemon. I do, uh, uh, custom play mats. Now I've, I've started moving to that. Um, I also do a lot of TCG gaming. Um, I've started streaming more competitive. I originally started streaming competitive with players cup one, mm-hmm. which I got top 16 North America with. Let's I came, I came, I came about two, two prizes away from getting top four. Oh man. That so awesome. that, that would have qualified me at least for the first one. Uh, and that, that kind of started everything going off and then continuing to stream and play. And I play, I'm part of a uh, team Carpe D's rats or carp and rats. It depends mm-hmm. on who's, who's writing it out uh, <laughs> where we, I do a lot of content with them, help run tournaments. Uh, um, what else do we do? We do, we do so much. We play, we're all over the board with what we do. So for sure. For sure. Yeah, I mean, I've seen you doing all these, uh, you know, all all these categories you're talking about um, and enjoy all the content you put out there. Um, so, yeah, I'm very excited to have you on uh, on the episode today to talk a little bit about Pokemon, not just the TCG, but Art, Unite and much more. So um, I guess let's get into our our icebreaker questions. Chuck, if you want to start us off. Yeah, yeah, we we. As, as per the usual with our, our new guests, we always start with the standard four questions. Mm. So um, we start the first question is, what is your favorite Pokemon starter from any generation? Uh, I have to go with my OG uh, Charmander. That started, that started my whole journey. So you, you, you have a special fondness for that first one. Mm-hmm. So it, it always goes back. Like if I get opportunity... To, to get a Charmander, I will usually go out out of my way to at least spend a little bit of time in the game training it, mm-hmm. put it through put it through its paces, and then maybe it gets a special spot in the box once it's time to go, time to put an actual team together. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, is- I, Charmander is very popular. Uh, did it did it have anything to do with you know his final evolution, or did you just uh, when you started playing just you liked the basic uh, starter? Uh, when I first got it, I was I was like. 12 i think mm-hmm. when the game came out because we know we just celebrated the 25th anniversary yeah uh i had i went to our local walmart to pick up the game and the only copy they had was pokemon red and i wanted i was like you know what i want the pokemon that's on the box art yeah so i went with charmander i raised it to level 100 it was my only pokemon in the game i had for that i beat the original pokemon red with a level 100 charizard Mm-hmm. nothing else other than like a couple hm slaves <laughs> and uh and then after that i was like oh wait you can choose like non-starters and stuff and put this away <laughs> and actually train so uh yeah so that's how it became my game became like the nostalgia favorite pick sure, for sure. Oh, that's a solid pick for sure all right so what is your favorite pokemon in general uh in general i'm a very big gengar fan uh, I really like the spooky, spooky stuff. Uh, ghosts. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, earlier I was going as a Ghostbuster. Ghostbusters one of the other fandoms I'm part of, so it's I got some nice crossover appeal there for sure. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it's something I, I play. I, I I play with play 
and play on my team and uh other in the other games i actually played that on with it for a while in unite when it was actually really really broken not mm-hmm. so much anymore uh and it, it's just a lot of fun like i like it because it's supposed to be like kind of a trickster pokemon and yeah. it's, it's supposed to scare you you're supposed to laugh like if you watch the original anime like when it first shows up with the ghastly and haunter they're trying to do like the the casper three brothers thing with them and that <laughs> yeah. that really made made a lot of fun for me so side tangent uh gengar vmax are we excited yes <laughs> yeah good question chuck <laughs> it's it's on it's on it's on one my I want to want to get list. Pretty much pretty much Fusion Strike is Mew and Gengar, the two cards that I'm looking looking to get. All right. Uh back to me then. Um, we are moving on to what is your favorite Pokemon TCG card? Uh this could be for any reason. You just love the art. Uh it won you a tournament, it won you something. Uh favorite card in general. Doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be standard. Any go back from base set to now. Oh uh, yeah, that was easy. Actually, it's Haunter Vending Machine series. Uh, it's a Jap- Japanese only card. Okay. There's two versions of it. I think it's number seventeen is the number for it. Uh, if you do the Bulbapedia, Bulbapedia, it's a Vending S three S three space two. All right. It was a Japanese only release that I just absolutely love the art. And uh, it inspired me on a lot of my own stuff, and I want this want this card. It's a little bit difficult to obtain, considering how you can only get it from a vending machine and a Japanese only release. So, <laughs> yeah, that would that would be hard to come by, but they do. Uh, it does look pretty cool. How much that uh, card going for right now? Uh, ungraded about thirty bucks. Graded, it can go up to five hundred. Oh, geez, geez. Well, the ungraded still, yeah, it shouldn't be too too bad, I guess. No, no, not, not too bad. Just got to find a person who's willing to send it in good condition. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's get into my favorite question is what is the worst card for the game? Now, this could be standard legal right now. It could be something um, in the past. But what, what kind of card like maybe made, you know, the meta unenjoyable uh and it was solely because of a card that you you know that you think that it was bad for the for that uh, meta at the time uh this might sound a little controversial and i've like changed my opinion on it but at the time when i first came back into the game i thought n was the worst possible card i i hated getting down to one prize as a returning Mm -hmm. player and then watching my card my hands go to one I was like, I, I didn't fully understand like the new comeback potential stuff when I came yeah. back to it. And then being a new player, march it in, you see N, and then you get your whole nice hand put away. You go, man, this card is toxic. That's crazy. Cause <laughs> yeah, I, I see your point where, like, especially as a newer player or somebody back into the game where you're like, yeah, I'm going to win. I'm only a uh, prize away. And then you just get reset down to one. Uh, but it's just funny that you you called out N because I, I think generally um, in the Pokemon community, everybody's like, bring back N. Like, if you can bring one card back, it would be that one. Uh, yeah. So it was a little, uh, I was a little shocked that you said N. Yeah. And like, I'm part of that bring back N community. As, as I've gotten better at the game and mm-hmm. went from a horrible beginner player to a decent TCG player, like, I understand where it fits. But at the time, and like that, those, that emotion still filters over sometimes yeah but it's <laughs> I, I hate you and you ruined my game <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah 
I have I have similar experiences with because I I didn't start until N was already kind of out of the out of the way, but it was reset stamp. And yeah. I have similar experiences with reset stamp, but on both sides of the coin, because stamp always seemed to be a lie. The stamp yeah. is you a play lie. It and you're like, all right, I'm, I'm gonna have a comeback. And they're just like, Yeah, boss win. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. You get one card, and what's the one one card they, they get off the top deck as well? The boss. The boss, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, they either top deck boss or I left them with one card and it's a research. And they're like, Okay, well, I, that happened to me and you where I, yeah. I set up a game like three turns in advance and I kind of was doing the, the prize trade off in my head. I'm like, okay, Chuck will get down to one prize. I'm going to reset stamp him. And then I reset stamp him to a professor's and he has everything he needs off of it. Uh, oh. So my, my whole plan went to, went to garbage there. But yeah, I, I can sympathize with the, the, the like frustration that just going down the one card in your game that you're, you're like, all right, everything's going good. Got my nice hand. And then you're, you're up. Oh, one card uh this then everything just starts the wheels start coming off oh for sure <laughs> yep i mean it's a good thing to have there's comeback potential and everything but mm-hmm. as a, for a new player it's the absolute worst card <laughs> in the world yeah i agree right. i can't agree more but yeah let's let's get into that random card mashup yeah all right uh so zach for uh, in case you don't really know what we're doing, um, we're going to do something special because Pokey Beach put out the Fusion Strike mm-hmm. like set list. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we usually do is just uh, I randomly create a number from the number of cards in the set, which is going to be 244 because I'm taking out the secret rares. Um, and we just pick one randomly and then we talk about it, whether it's going to be good for your good, good, throw it in a deck or... Uh, this is going to be filler, throw it in your binder, throw it in your bulk. It doesn't even deserve to go in a binder. <laughs> um, so uh, we might do a couple because now we have the Fusion Strike set list uh, just, to, just to get some of those cards out and see if any of them are, are good. And, it, it's, and uh, it's fun to look at cards that you might not necessarily look at. So to start, uh, we have, we're going to generate a random number here. And we're going to look at card number 172. I to scroll down here on Pokey Beach's list. Um, and that is, it is a dark Pokemon. It is the Vullaby. Um, so it's a basic Pokemon, 60 HP with the Razor Ring attack for 10 damage and an Air Slash for a darkness and a colorless for 30 damage and you discard, discard an energy from this Pokemon. Uh, mm. What it also does is give you access, obviously, to the stage one of Vullaby that also has two attacks, a Bone Seal, 20 damage, during your opponent's next turn, your opponent can't use any cards in their hand to evolve the defending Pokemon and um, to evolve the defending Pokemon and Dark Cutter, which is 70 damage for a Darkness and Colorless. Do, I'll, I'll go to you, Zach, first. Do you think this Vullaby-Mandibuzz combo is going to be anything worthwhile? I don't. Bone Seal seems like it could be interesting, but being a stage one and how fast everything moves, mm-hmm. and then a lot of the a lot of the basics still that have have evolutions are still pretty good. They don't, or at least enough to deal with the mana buzz. It doesn't feel like it's going to be that good. It has it has a point place to place in the meta right now. Yeah, maybe a control deck, but again, control likes to use those those very simple simple one cards they don't want to go through digging and trying to find something to continue their control setup yeah i i do think that 
um, you know, preventing Pokemon from evolving or, um, you know, just kind of making it harder, especially with maybe like um, the shady dealings uh, currently is kind of interesting. But I think it's just like you said, being a stage one, it's just a little too slow um, to get up and running to run that disruption. Um, and 20 damage is not meaningful damage. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's going straight into the binder. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I am with both of you. Uh, nothing. The the anti evolution attack is kind of cool, but I don't think going to be too handy. No, I agree. Right. Yeah. Uh, do we want to do one more? <laughs> Yeah, and it also says defending Pokemon, so like you Ooh, can't even yeah. stop their you can't even stop their bench from evolving. That is true. Yeah, yeah. So even even more so goes straight into that binder. Yeah, let's do another one because uh, as interesting as that was, um, I'm sure we can find something else. Hmm. All right. Um, so let me regenerate a number. We'll do number one forty six. This is let me go to the list. Uh, Lucario V on here. So it's a fighting Pokemon, two hundred ten HP, basic. Uh, comes with one attack, uh, fighting, fighting colorless for Aura Sphere, 120 damage. Uh, this was one of the, I think, special promo cards they were throwing in the set to kind of put it out in the U.S., I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess I, it, it's binder, and it's kind of a shame, at least at this point, because um, that, that card art is beautiful. That's probably one of the best card arts there, in my opinion, at least. Yeah, this goes straight to binder. It's the, it, it, it's one of the, it's that what family battle set ones. Yeah, yeah. Which I, so. I don't think we and we've had any outside of a, the Charizard GX actually be no that that wasn't even worth it. That I was trying to think of that had the three hundred damage GX attack. Yeah, that was the fa- the the Charizard family. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the only 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 card from that set we've ever even seen play. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely just say this one's binder. It sucks because again, it's it's actually really good artwork. It's a new CG uh, team team doing things, so it looks pretty good. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's just it's kind of just one of those filler V's. Unfortunately, the one twenty the only I mean, there's nothing too spicy to it. Just with the one attack, and it's only one hundred twenty damage. So, mm-hmm. I mean, unless you're hitting a another opposing v for weakness you're not really doing much to to write home about as they say so all right yeah yeah. (laughs) maybe if maybe if it was single strike or rapid strike it might make it a little bit better Mm -hmm. yeah having access to those special energies but after that the cost is so high for 120 it's just not worth it agreed all right jake i'll leave it up to you do you want to do one more or no let's just roll one more one more let's get it let's get it all right let me for each of us, I guess. <laughs> what is this number? 240. Let me pull it back up here. All right, we got a supporter this time. Number 241. It has to be a supporter. Let's go. Uh, all right, yeah, it is. It is a trainer card supporter. It is Sydney. Your opponent reveals their hand. Discard up to two in any combination of Pokemon tool cards, special energy cards, and stadium cards from it. So this is a get in your opponent's hand and get rid of some stuff card. Do we think it might have some home in a control deck? Maybe. I would definitely think think so, especially for a standard control deck. 
uh, special energy is very rampant in the format right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, between the rapid strikes and the single strikes and just the ability to be faster with those, like getting rid of those, those cards mm-hmm. gives you such an, such an advantage. Yeah. I think this actually on a control, um, you know, archetype would fit in pretty good because yeah, like you said, there's lots of um, item cards that kind of help get your evolution line supporters and attackers up and running, finding energies and all that kind of stuff. So um, I think this has room to go into a um, control archetype. It might even find its way as a, as a one of in other decks too, that might not, might not be just like purely, um, you know, like a stall archetype, but maybe it will buy you a turn uh, to get, you know, your, your engine running without them disrupting you. Um, so yeah, this, this Sydney is definitely a card I've, I'll look into um, to potentially add to my deck. You know, I, you know what deck I actually do well with is Leafeon. Because yeah. if, if you could get their, it, you're not just looking for their special energies, the tools, like you get rid of their air balloons, maybe you get that ahead of time. Yeah. Or you can get rid of their counter stadiums and then Gaylor Mine stays in play a lot longer. No, but both very, very, very good points. So, yeah, for sure. I think you should be playing this card at least to start just to give it, you know, its fair share to see if this is a supporter that you want to um, include in your decks. Yeah, I can see this definitely as a cheeky, cheeky addition to some decks in some that will uh, benefit from taking away those cards before they even hit the board, Mm -hmm. Um, especially if there's anything like, I know the only thing I can think of off the top of my head um, is uh, Greninja v Union that can you know take a peek at your opponent's hand to see if it's worth playing this card right away. Yeah, you got two targets already. Um, if they ever come out with something that lets you peek, um, <laughs> just to just take a peek real quick and see if it's worth playing this card this turn, uh, it could be could be even more deadly because then you're you're hitting for full effect on it. So if, if that one's going to be one, I think you save. Yeah, that's that's a save and uh and use it when you might need it. So, yep. All right, that's it for random card madness. I think we we go to whimsy watch now, right? Yes, we do. All right, into the whimsy watch. Ladies and gentlemen, trainers and Pokemon alike, you're listening to the whimsy watch. This is our for gaming, but you can call me Ryan. This week we had a light week of with only ten tournaments to cover. I wanted to try something new this week with all of the data that I've gathered, so I hope you all enjoy it. I think it'll be a treat. And now for the decks that performed the best this week. In number 5 we had Urshifu and Talion with 7 instances in the top 8. In number 4 we had Zacian Variants with 8 instances in the top 8. And tied for 2nd place we had Leafeon and Talion and Sylveon both with 9 instances in the top 8. And Yowzers Wowzers, we had number one, the champ, the one and only Dragapult Inteleon with, you won't guess it, 21 instances in the top eight, over doubling number two. What a crazy, crazy meta. And now, let's take a moment to look into the history of the Evolving Skies meta. So over our Evolving Skies meta, I have all of our top 8 finishes, starting off with Dragapult Inteleon. Dragapult Inteleon had 139 instances in the top 8. 
Wow, that is absolutely crazy. You go, Dragapult Italion. Now, it started off with only having 7 instances, going into 27 instances in the top 8. On the 22nd of September, into 19 instances, into 16, into 10, into 18, up to 21, and solidifying its place in the meta with 21 instances in the top 8 from this week. Next, I want to have a look at Umbreon Urshifu. Umbreon Urshifu started off pretty light in the meta with only 3 instances in the top 8, going up to an astounding 24 instances in the top 8, taking the meta by storm. Down to 16 instances, down to 10 instances, making a comeback with 17, having a downturn with 9, down with 7, uh, overall showing that Dragapult still beats this deck, saying with only 5 instances in the top 8. Next, I would like to go over Jolteon and Teleon, which had 76 instances in the top 8. Well, we started off rocky as usual with only 7 instances, going into an astounding 16 instances. That was a heavy week for a lot of our new strong decks. Next, we had 14 instances, and then down to 6 instances, up to 10, down to 7, and finally, this week, with only 5 instances. Wow, what a journey, Jotion and Teleon. Next, I would like to cover the bear himself, Urshifu and Teleon, the deck that we thought was going to absolutely stomp through this meta. And with only 49 instances in the top 8, Urshifu didn't really do as well as we thought. Now, not to discredit it, I do believe that it did very well, but not as much as everyone had thought. Urshifu and Teleon started off with 6 instances in the top 8. Now, that compared to the rest of the meta was actually pretty average. And then it went up to 8, down to 5, up to 8, down to 7, up to 8, and settling at 7 with this week's meta. Well, Urshifu and Teleon, you kind of stayed around the same bar with a little bit of ups and downs, but we still love you all the same. Last but not least, Sylveon, a deck that Joe has told me that should have been an amazing deck from the start. So Joe, you are the true believer of Sylveon. With 66 instances in the top 8, Sylveon has proven that it is a strong deck for this meta. And following its path to greatness, we had three instances in the top eight, up to 20. This deck boomed in the second week of Evolving Skies, and it really shows in the numbers. But its popularity faded at the next week, going down to eight instances, down to five the next week, up to seven, up to five, up to nine, and finally settling at nine instances in the top eight for this week. And that's it for the best performing decks of the week, along with, a along with a look at the history of the Evolving Skies meta. Let us know on Twitter at WatchWhimsy and at RY4Gaming what your favorite card from Fusion Strike is. And now, onto the decks that took home the gold. Starting off, we had Sylveon taking home three wins this week, followed by Urshifu Italion with two wins, and Zacian with two wins. And last but not least, the one-offs of our week being Leafeon and Talion, Jolteon and Talion, and Dragapult and Talion, all coming in with one single win this week. And now, let's take a moment to look at the history of the wins of Evolving Skies. 
Starting off, I wanted to have a look at Dragapult Inteleon, the deck that I believe has won the meta. With 18 golds this meta, Dragapult Inteleon has solidified its stance in history. We started off with having two wins in the first week, going into three wins, going into four wins, going into a single win, two wins, four wins, one win, and a single win this week in the t for Dragapult Inteleon. Next we have Umbreon Urshifu, which I thought was going to be the best deck in the meta for a while because man, this thing hits hard and goes through everything. I was really rooting for this deck. So starting off with our history, we have on the first week, Umbreon Urshifu came in with one victory and then it had three wins, four wins, taking four wins very strong. And then Umbreon Urshifu had one win, one win, and one win for the rest of the meta. Next, we have Jolteon and Teleon with 13 overall wins, and those came at one win on the first week, four wins on the second week. Four wins that is solidifying how good a deck can be. Two wins, followed by one win, one win, one win, a lot of ones, two wins, and a singular win this week in the meta. Next, I wanted to talk about the bear. Everyone loves the bear, the one and only bear, aka Rapid Strike Urshifu. Urshifu and Teleon only had nine wins throughout this meta. Now, this makes me sad because I do love Rapid Strike Urshifu very much, but I'm not a big fan of the Inteleon variant, so this doesn't hurt me as much as it normally would if this was a Chinchino variant because I am biased. So Urshifu and Teleon came in hot with three victories in the first week, simmering down to one win, one win, into two wins, having a nice break in the middle, and having two victories this week in the meta. And last but not least, we have to talk about Joe's favorite deck, Sylveon. Sylveon had 14 victories in this meta, being the second best deck in the format. Starting off strong with six victories in the second week of the meta, Sylveon proved that it really had a place in the meta, but not after, but not in the first week. No, no, no. It could, it couldn't prove that the first week. People didn't have it. But the next week, it simmered. It only had one win. So you go from six to one. People were shaky on it. Next week, one victory. It had a break in that week, and then had one more victory. And then it came back with two wins, and then three wins this week for the meta. I hope you enjoyed a brief look into the history of the decks that won in Evolving Skies. I didn't go over every deck, so if you did miss your deck, I do apologize, but I wanted to go over just a few so that we could keep this brief. But that does it for this week's Whimsy Watch. Be sure to join in the roundtable discussions on the Discord every Wednesday at 5pm EST for the most thought-provoking discussions and the best debates. I hope you all enjoyed and had a wonderful time. Until next time, be safe and take care, Pokemon trainers. And back to the cast. All right, and so let's get into the news now. Yeah, straight into the news. Um, the big thing I think we had go off this week is the um, more card reveals for VMAX Climax uh, being the reintroduction of character rares uh, that we are known known and loved from Cosmic Eclipse. 
mm-hmm. bringing them back in VMAX Climax. Uh, and they released another additional ones and then some uh, what they call like super character rares in that they're um, Vs with rather than just standard single price Pokemon. Yeah. Um, so just to run run down the list real quick, we had like a, a there's an Al Creamy, uh, there's a Dusnor, Octillery, uh, an Eridos, and an Oranguru on mm-hmm. on top of the other ones that I can't remember off the top of my so head. So we've we've got um, Blaziken, we have was that Chansey and um zamazenta those are what they call the character super rares yeah the character super rares yeah that blaziken is so beautiful (laughs) i need that card yeah it is a really cool art and most and all of these are reprinted of the traditional uh we've seen them all before so Mm -hmm. like the zamazenta v is the the walling the can't hurt me from V Max with the 130 discard energy. Yeah. Plus V and the Blaziken V. Like they're all reprints of the card, but with new cool art. Um, the only one that is is new that I, I as Octillery is a reprint, right? And then I don't remember the Dust Nor what it does, but the Alcremi is new, and some people's got a little bit of hype around it because it it works with the new Cafe Master card um, that they wrote. Uh, revealed and i always like al creamy is probably why i'm jumping ahead here on this <laughs> one um because it has a cool uh ability on the al creamy that if uh extra order this pokemon is your active pokemon your turn does not end when you play cafe master now you need to know what cafe master is because that's a card that's also releasing infusion Stru- or in v max climax sorry uh it's a supporter that lets you choose up to three bench pokemon and you search your deck for that many basic energy cards of different types and attach them to one of each Pokemon you choose. So you can uh, normally that you shuffle your deck and then your turn ends. Yeah. Uh, with Alcremie, as long as it's in the active, your turn doesn't end. So you can do that, get the energy on the field and then continue your turn. Maybe using that energy acceleration to effect. So yeah, that's actually really um, pretty cool. And if you maybe have the basic, out there use that ability to accelerate energies and then maybe evolve um and then hit hit in with the v max uh that could be a pretty good combination it ties into her attack too which uh has a double colorless attack rainbow flavor 10 plus damage this attack does 40 more damage for each type of basic energy attached to your pokemon in play Mm -hmm. so um i mean if you get i mean you can get five if you say it takes you two turns to get this because you have to evolve a creamy. Uh, you attach two different types of basic energy and then you go get three more with Chef Cafe Master. <laughs> that's five different types. And that's 205 times four is 210 damage off of a single prizer. So big damage, maybe. No, maybe. Zach, what do you think about this? Uh, this Al Creamy shenanigans. I think it will actually be interesting. Like it feels a little bit like Rainbow Road, mm-hmm. and having the lack of ADP in format, at least allows some single prizes to kind of start sneaking back in. They're not there yet. Mm-hmm. The 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 power creep is still real, but hitting like two ten pretty quickly, that that is numbers that matter, and being a double color colorless 
I mean, you can power it up with whatever energy cards you're grabbing. You're not having to worry about that. For sure. Yeah, I think I actually I think I was wrong there when I stated um evolve into the VMAX. For some reason I thought this was the v, a V um because of the full art, but no, that's just yeah, that's just a uh, a single prizer. So yeah, the prize trade off super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is like it, it was, especially with Cafe Master, you could load up your bench with milk milceries and alcreamy or alcreamies and then have no accelerate to it and be ready to continuously attack. Mm-hmm. The big, the big thing's going to be finding the cafe master. You probably want to run right now, probably a heavy pokey gear, yeah, pokey gear set in it to to find that. Since we don't have like something like Tapu Lele or Jirachi right now, mm-hmm. which makes it just that little bit more difficult to find. Yeah, the thing with the thing with every single prize deck is how 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 effectively can you consistently repeat your attack? Because most of them require that they're not one shot in things usually. So you have to consistently flow and make that price trade happen. Yeah. Like Malamar, the rapid strike Malamar. Yep. Yeah. If you're not getting all those rapid strike cards in your hand, then how are you attacking? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Correct. Uh, but that way that makes those decks super fun and interesting um, with different, uh, you know, uh, game mechanic to, you know, hit for those big numbers aside from just build up a big basic bo- or a big V Pokemon and then hit. So um, I can see this being out there and you know people playing this um to some success yeah i agree and um just to go back a little bit i forgot to mention that they already did announce that there's the flaffy full art uh mm-hmm. full art the gardevoir an eevee and a zekrom all with character rares on it you know you um flaffy has elsa and zekrom has n on it which is cool yeah uh, and then they did also throw out probably the one that's going to be the big splash card from the set the character super rare of pikachu v max with ash red in front of <laughs> yeah um, i don't know if anyone if, if they saw that what do you think of that card i mean it does look pretty cool i'm loving this like i'm so glad they brought this this the super secret character rares because like mm-hmm. when, when we had it from cosmic eclipse i love the that that set art wise and like having the, those cards in there, and now they're bringing this, this, these ones, and having them so you have like even playable V Maxes as it just excites me. Like, I played Blissey V and Expanded, I'm going to go get Fluffy Tau Blissey V. Yeah, that's the that's the one I want to run. Like, the other alternate art is good too, but this one's just a little bit. It to me, to me, it, it was a little bit like here. I'm coming, I'm coming with warm towels after I've destroyed you for 480 <laughs> damage. And expanded <laughs> so that's awesome yeah i yeah i can't wait to see uh you play play that and expanded with those cards um uh, it's definitely um gets a lot of people excited um because pokemon does a great job with a lot of these arts and these characters arts um are no exception um very excited yeah all right so the last thing i think we want to talk about on the news and i don't know this is not necessarily news this is more speculation um, but uh, the ladder prizes are have been out for a couple days now, and the ladder prizes are that Garchomp Garatina with the GX attack GG end, and a lot of people are speculating that that GG end is the end of the ladder. So, anybody <laughs> want to comment on on GG end to PTCGO? Uh, Zach, do you have any comment on that? 
it, it will happen when it happens. It will, yeah. we're, we're the way they've been with this is like we'll just wake up one morning, and the way the news has been lately, I'll wake up, check, turn on Twitter. You know, that's not, not CNN or anything. <laughs> check Twitter in the morning, yeah. and if, yeah. I, if my if my timeline's getting blown up with PTCG lives out now, that's how I expect it. Like it, it might even happen in the middle of the ladder. It might not. Yeah. So like I, I love the speculation. I love people going around doing it, but I'm. A, I'm at the point where it'll come when it comes. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully someday before the next set. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's ever back and forth every day. Cause uh, Jake said this and like people, I started seeing it on Twitter and then like the next day I saw people posting, like somehow they got like update notes for adding fusion strike to PTCGO. So like they can't, why would they add it if it's going to end next week? But it's just whatever. When it like I'm with you, Zach. It comes when it comes. I'm I'm ready with my uh, stuff. I'm not opening. Just get just give me the new game. I can play on the phone now. Yeah, yeah I've so. got I've got 125 evolutions packs sitting there waiting to be turned into gems. There we I go. Pay, I pay three dollars and fifty cents for them. It's <laughs> the best value I've ever gotten out. Let's go. <laughs> I have a hodgepodge of all kinds of stuff, but most of it, I mean. I, most of it is shining fate stuff yeah, that I just don't yeah. need. Yeah, I got a ton of shining fates. I think I have like a hundred shining fates. Uh, I still have plenty to open uh, of other stats, but I'm still just kind of waiting towards the end uh, to potentially do some trades uh, last minute um, to get my card roster up there. But no, I just wanted to you know throw the whole GGN thing out there. It was kind of funny speculation, um, but again. Uh, like you said, Zach, it will come when it comes. Um, I think just people are getting super excited about it. Um, and you can't really blame them, I guess. No, having a new client that hopefully works a lot better. I mean, I've been playing PTCGO for years now. And like mm-hmm. you had me something something that works a little bit better or way better. And then, yeah, <laughs> I'll take that. Like, give it to me, please. Yeah. All right. I think it's time to move into the main topic let's talk all kinds of different stuff with senior doom here yeah let's let's first and foremost um and i know we're a tcg podcast but let's jump into some unite talk i know whenever uh unite came out there was a lot of hype around it and a lot of people started playing a lot of people still play um but i try but yeah Yeah. i I know i played for like a like three or three or so weeks and then i kind of got burnt out playing with random people um, but like, what is it that uh, keeps you going to the game uh, and keeps it enjoyable? Because for me, like playing with randoms um, is kind of frustrating. Yeah, playing with randoms is actually really frustrating. And it's put me into a semi-retirement right now. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for the season to reset because I watched my I watched my ranking just bomb with randoms. I, I, had, a, I had almost a 1600 ranking in Masters. And then it just kept slowly creeping down till now I'm like at 950. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is nothing with nothing reflective of what my actual skill is. So I'm, I'm like, I'm not playing with random randoms. I'm now playing if I, I'm playing, I'm playing in three, three to five stacks. So I know the people I'm playing with. Yeah. And there's a lot less variance of like someone coming in and like going AFK or like uh, uh, Gardevoir players are going to hate me for saying this, but don't play Gardevoir. <laughs> Gardevoir, they won't evolve Gardevoir until like they get it fully evolved into like two minutes are left in the match. Oh, geez. And I'm like, why? <laughs> why? Please don't. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, so, uh, so, I, I've run into struggles too because I I'm I've been trying to play every now and then. Um, I'm no no master or anything. I'm just uh, sitting still at a great or whatever above whatever is above great. Is but um, like I I mostly don't even try to up that anymore because it is just randoms. I I like to know who I'm playing with. Like you did, like you said, uh, three to five stacks that you that you're you can. I don't know, carry the other two if need be. Um, but that is frustrating to see with randoms with even just like you're you're so far in the match and you're just like, why are you still Tarmelian? You should be, what, <laughs> yeah. you know, just throwing out whatever. Like you should be evolved by now. And it drives yeah. me, it drives me nuts playing with the randoms where, you know, you, you'll say you're going, you're going top zone, bottom zone or, or, or jungle. And somebody will say, they're doing one thing and then they start the game and go exactly the opposite. So then you kind of have to adjust on the fly. And then there's always, and it's at least those like random couple seconds that you lose in trying to figure out which directions you should go after it should have already been claimed that might cost you um, some of those uh, NPC character knockouts that, you know, would evolve you quicker and the other team gets it that early game, which that is like, I think the biggest frustration on my part. And then, on, and then on top of it, when you do randos, you can be lined up against a five sack team. Mm-hmm. So you go in and you can get absolutely slaughtered, but with a team who is coming together, probably practicing and like communicating over Discord and everything. And you're trying to sit there yelling at the one person, go, go dreadnought, go dreadnought, please. Yeah. And then they're going to sit there and keep hitting the, hitting, hitting the crab <laughs> and not, and not doing anything else. Wait, wait for the next one to spawn. Like there is other things you could go after. Yeah, yeah. You don't need to stay stay and wait. That's that's too funny. Um, but what what character do you like to to main? Um, as of now, uh, usually I, I play Lucario. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lucario is probably one of my stronger characters. It's something you can. It's something that works both in five stacks and in random, mm-hmm. because some characters in random just don't work. Like I like the Lonely Nine Tails. Great character. Put it into a random team. It's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Put it into a three or five stack, and you know who you're playing with, and you're doing everything together. Amazing character. But Lucario is like your safest, safest character to play. Yeah. Um, that's one that I really like to play myself um, as well. Um, I kind of go back and forth between him and Absol at the moment. Absol can be a lot of fun. Uh, Gengar for me is still fun. It's not as broken as it was. When it was broken, I was doing 30. 30 to 35 KOs a game oh just showing up wah, 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 like three dead three three KO'd Pokemon one later you just and our team's winning team. <laughs> yeah. yeah and yeah, then I, they I, nerfed it so I mean I think I've you need that to, if, to that's, if that's the case yeah um, I remember there was also a bug with it mm-hmm. where they you're supposed to have like a one second um uh or not even one second, like a half a second frame of invulnerability, and it was giving you like a three second frame, oh, three geez. second frame. <laughs> so you'd be in, invulnerable for like the time when they could try to break your combo, and then it was just like, nope, I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, so I wanted to ask, like, based off of that, what you like to play? Do you have like a a tier list of? Uh, you don't have to go like all through of them, like what what's the best to go through or and then like maybe what's the worst try to stay away from to play 
Uh, yeah, like for me, like the ones who play stuff like Lucario, uh, Snorlax is actually still really good. And if you know, if you're fine playing defense, you can you can actually help your team win on that that way. And I've seen people get a lot of KOs with them. Mm-hmm. He's so a big beefy boy, and he's really good in the early game. You can get aggressive and take KOs, and then back off and just be be the wall. Yeah, yeah. Um, Lola Nine Tails takes a lot to learn to play. Cram has seen a little bit of down downplay, but it, he he can still be pretty broken. Uh, Venusaur keeps flip flopping. Uh, I do like play Venusaur from time to time. Uh, I haven't done a lot with Greedent yet, so I can't say what, what's there. But I love I love I love Big Squirrel Boy, anyways. So <laughs> yeah. I would just say get him because he's funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, and like I would definitely stay away from like Gardevoir. Like I never win with Gardevoirs on my team. Yeah. Uh, Charizard is actually pretty good. Some people would say not not to, but Charizard's ultimate re- response so fast, mm-hmm. and if you're able to get it evolved quickly, then he becomes he becomes a hassle. To, yeah. Hassle to fight against. Uh, who else is just like absolute trash? How, how about Greninja? Is he trash? Because that's that was who I was maining at the beginning, um, and he was okay. Never like broken character. Is he? He's so great. He's still great. Okay. Yeah. He is a very good solid character. It takes practice to be good with it. Mm-hmm. But once you start getting there, he he's he can help a team so many ways. Yeah. Being able to retreat and still attack. Um, it was always fun for me. And using using the ultimate to to um, one get speed, but also reheal yourself. Um, if you hit, obviously it's kind of hard to hit with that ultimate, but uh, uh it seems pretty fun. It's a very good def- point defense ultimate. Like mm-hmm. if someone goes on there trying to trying to try to score, that's like a super easy hit for you, and you yeah. do a lot of damage, and then you can come in and just wipe the rest of their health away. Yeah. Uh, so, what are some other tips though um, that maybe some newer players or people wanting to get into Unite um, should should um, um, kind of go with? I know there is some talk about Rotom. What's more important, Rotom or or Dreadnought? And then when and when not to maybe hit hit into Zapdos. Yeah, uh, easiest thing is Dreadnought is very important because again, you have Pokemon that evolve and that experience boost is going to put you past those. Especially if you're playing with a Charizard and like you want to get that Charizard out there, so that that helps. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're trying to get certain Pokemon to like the really good moves, like Lucario is like extra extra broken at seven because then you can bone rush power up punch or extreme speed speed you get its entire move set by then mm-hmm. so then you're doing some extra moves uh rotom there is a strategy i haven't seen where you rush rotom instead and you rush the entire top point trying to score as many points as you can and you get the same amount of experience as if you did dreadnought but okay. it's like a it's like a five rush it's kind of memey so I wouldn't recommend doing it on randoms. Like practice it with a team before you ever try to do it. Yeah. Um, good point. And some other things is like uh, look up timing. Like know when things spawn. Like Dreadnought spawns after two minutes. So you know at about like a minute 45, you should be should already be rotating towards Dreadnought to help your team down there unless your role is to stay up top. Um, to try to communicate as much as you can. Like there is very limited communication, but it's better than nothing. Mm-hmm. And uh, points do matter. And like Zapdos, the best time to attack Zapdos, the, the other, if your opponents have more than, have three or more opponents KO'd. 
Okay. Because then you're going to have the biggest chance of getting. Yeah, you have a five. You have five people attacking instead of two having the chance of getting it. It can still get stolen. Yeah, but you're the chances of it being stolen are a lot less than if you were doing it otherwise. That's- and if you had. And if you have a huge lead, like if you've cleared all their points and they haven't cleared any of yours, just defend it. Don't attack the Zapdos. Just stand around it and defend it because the other the opposing team is going to want that. Mm-hmm. And if yeah, you can... their only win condition. Yeah. And so if you can beat the one-on-ones or five-on-fives five on or whatever, and you can mm-hmm. keep a good thing going, especially if you're leading, you should be multiple levels ahead. You should be able to win those fights and then keep them from ever coming in and, and, and putting a hand on Zapdos. No, that's great tips. Um, yeah, I, I definitely want to start playing, especially my wife uh, started playing and and she's like really dominating <laughs> and, and I think she's in master class right now. So making me kind of want to jump back into it. Uh, maybe maybe one day we could uh, get a get a, a unite party going on over here. Yeah. Yeah. And like I, I'm coming out of my semi retirement back into like full competitive stuff as soon as the mm-hmm. season resets, because I don't want to see that 900 number anymore. I yeah. want I will go back. I'll go all the way back to the lowest level and I'll fight my way back up. I yeah. just don't want I just want to be stuck down the, the 900 masters because I know I'm better than that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Very cool. All right, all right. So, Chuck, do you have any other um, Unite questions? No, no. All right. So let's jump on into um uh, the TCG. And I guess, um, first and foremost, I want to see, um, what your feelings are on all the, the Pokemon events, regionals, um, internationals, and, and you just local levels, um, you know, scheduled to start up and where's your excitement level on that? Uh, my excitement level on, it's actually starting to gain a little bit more as mm-hmm. I'm really, I've been pretty isolated since everything started. And I'm starting to come out a little bit more with the vaccinations and everything else. Yeah. And so it, it's raising. And then I remember my last time I went to a regionals was like Portland regionals mm-hmm. back in November of what, 2019. It feels like forever. <laughs> <laughs> it was when cosmic, <laughs> it was when cosmic eclipse came out. And uh, I remember the excitement from that. Like I, it was an expanded event. I, I, I got like 129 or something out of 500 out of it. I did okay. I, I brought in this weird Charizard, Reshazard deck. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember like just dealing, going with vendors and talking, talking with people about things and like seeing these huge classic collections. Like some guy brought in like a rolling suitcase full of CGC graded cards just to show them off. Yeah. He was like, here's my Rayquaza Prime from whatever. I don't remember. <laughs> Rayquaza Prime is the card. Yeah. It was just like, here it is. And it's mint graded nine. And it's like, wow. And so like that, that's starting to anticipation starting to build up. And and, and plus on top of it, it's still a little bit while away. Mm -hmm. Like it's March. I believe it's when it starts back up. So we got that, that hype will build a little bit more. Yeah. A lot better than if they just announced it and they're like, Hey, next week, regionals, (laughs) Salt Lake. Hope you can make it. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. There's plenty of time, um, you know, between now and then. Um, But as you being a, a, team member or a, a member of the carps and rats are you guys as a team kind of starting or is it might to maybe be too early um to start like theory crafting decks um or or strategies going into these regionals uh way too early yeah. we probably won't even start until like two weeks beforehand because okay. the, the meta changes so fast especially with the online meta mm-hmm. it changes even faster than it used to it used to be like we hear like something coming out of like uh 
Vermont or something, whatever regionals or and like someone might brought in a spicy deck and it did really well and people are scrambling for the list <laughs> and then you know you got to try it out locals and other things and it's like you don't see that deck come become really good until like weeks later whereas now someone can bring it to say uh the chill series and then everyone knows it within an hour and you watch the yeah. prices spike yeah and then you're playing it on the T- ptcgo ladder and everything else yeah so just the way it, way it evolves and goes, it's way too early to be theory crafting yet. Oh, for sure. Uh, but actually, that you did bring up a kind of a good point with um, online play in like chill series or any of these uh, tournaments online. Um, do you see the online meta having more of an impact going into the IRL season than in the past because um, of lim- the the you know the limitless sites and all those other tournaments uh, at least to start? Or do you think once IRL is going to be you know back up and running that we're going to see less of these uh, open deck lists to, to steal those uh you know those spicy decks at least on the irl stuff the open deck lists is you're not going to see the have an easy way to steal it but mm-hmm. there's some thoughts that the online meta is going to continue onward and part of part of the reason why i think they're making it making live is to, for the ability to be able to do more online events mm-hmm. there's if anything chill and limitless has proven that there's a there's people who want that and if anything also else it's helped elevate players who people didn't know about because maybe of travel restrictions or things like that like i have kids i can't always take a saturday off to go to a league cup Mm -hmm. so but then i can play online at night or i can sit here play a game go run off make sure my kids are okay go back play another game and so forth without without any without any issues so I think that, that if anything, that's what the live client is coming for is to help continue that online, uh, online, online, uh, community kind of stuff we've that started. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, I think the hope is to have, you know, a nice balance between live and, uh, PTCG live, um, being able to, so, you know, have options in, in how you get your Pokemon in. Mm-hmm. All right. So then um going into more uh pokemon what what kind of decks are you playing right now just uh for fun uh to keep yourself engaged in the game uh i've been playing a lot of sylveon hammers mm. i i like the sylveon deck i i was playing in, i've been playing the sunny sunny's weekly yeah uh it's been a good stream it's a very again going about the online tournament it's a challenge style tournament so i can play it now i have to worry about trying to go through top cut i can go do things, you know, it was a good three hour set. Yeah. Uh, that's why I've been playing. And like my nemesis in it has been Dragapult <laughs> and especially Dragapult hammers. And then yeah. I saw the list for Sylveon hammers and I'm like, okay, if we, if you want to play hammers, I'm going to play hammers. Yep. I don't want to bring back the hammer meta back. Yeah. <laughs> but you threw the first punch, buddy. You threw the first punch. This is oh, a counter. It's so pain to counter. Yeah, we we were, a couple of weeks ago we we did like a try hard uh, event during, going into a Sunday open, and we ended up taking Dragapult hammers, and there was a huge discussion on hammers, and it was it felt so bad because I am a big proponent of I don't like hammers in the meta um, and all that stuff, but it like it it pained me to say oh yeah I think that's actually the meta call at this current time you know in the meta. Uh, and, and I knew what, it, you know, the consequences of a deck doing well like that are because everybody's going to start bringing them again. And, and sure enough, we've seen hammers are back um, in the meta. Um, 
you know, not to say because of what we did, but just in general, because, you know, that deck is so good um, yeah. that it kind of forced them back in. So it's just kind of funny how you see the ebbs and flows on a card like Crushing Hammers. <laughs> yeah, and we'll probably, we'll, I, I think like the Vivid Voltage meta, we're probably mm-hmm. going to see it for a while with Fusion Strike, considering Fusion Strike as a set feels very Vivid Voltage-y. Mm-hmm. It, so we'll probably have Hammers for the next three or so months we're gonna all have to suck it up and deal with it until the next set comes out it's unfortunate <laughs> it sucks um but yeah i think that sylvie on deck actually was it um uh max over at floaty cast i think he just won with that deck too yeah it's he a- won uh, i think it was i want to say it was Vinny fernandez i might be wrong he mm-hmm. can come out and the someone come out and correct me uh one sunday open with it and that's mm-hmm. where it first got it. It's like very big. Uh, uh, <laughs> whatever it's called. Uh, I'm sorry. But, um, yeah, it's, it's placed in the meta. Yeah, yeah exposure. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So, uh, I mean, the, we'll see how the, the meta goes, but I think you're right with the whole Hammers meta. Um, but yeah, I mean, in general, I think the, you know, the meta is in a pretty healthy spot. Um there's not like this quick to Dene into a tag team attack um, right off the bat. So still a lot of thoughtful decisions to be made in most matches. Yeah. Which is very important. Like I would definitely put this meta way over, even with hammers way over what we had with the ADP and stuff. Yeah. And even then with ADP hammers felt like you weren't doing it to like slow down the other deck. Mm-hmm. You were doing it to buy yourself an extra turn or two to hopefully be ADP. Yeah. Agreed. And I feel with this meta too, because there's a lot of uh, variety, really, um, of things that you could bring that give you a good chance. I mean, there are some that are like top tier, like Dragapult, that you're going to see a lot more of that are going to give you like the best chances. But like there's Leafeons and all different kinds of uh, Evolution decks. There's Rapid Strike Urshifus. There's a lot of variety of decks. So I feel like that variety gives you the option of trying to bring something that might be a little more spicy and still do well with it. Because mm-hmm. if there is a kind of like a silver bullet matchup that you're seeing, as long as it's not maybe Dragapult, because mm-hmm. you'll most likely run into one of those. But you know, I mean, my deck, my deck loses to Sylveon like automatically. You might avoid it most of the day. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, um, you might not get far in the cut because you're you're probably going to see one up there, but. I mean, you might have a good day in the field. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's, it's looking at like what percentage you're going, uh, 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 what kind of percentage you're going up against something. Like right now, I'm looking at today's Sunday Open metagame. 20% of that share right now is Dragapult and Teleon. So you have a two, in, I have 10 matches, two of them, and you have an opportunity to hit Dragapult. Mm-hmm. But it, if anything else, though, yeah, if, you, if you're weak against like Weezing and Teleon, there's one one deck there so the odds are running into it it's like you know what i can i can take those odds yeah yeah i'm actually just looking at it too and it, it went from 20 percent at dragapult and teleon and then the next closest was at 7.3 percent um which is actually that rapid strike urshifu that tord brought in was the melody urshifu or however you want to call it um have melody you Foo. yeah the melanie foo have you have you played against it? Played it? Um, what are your thoughts on that that new I, variant? 
I've played it and I had a lot of fun with it on stream, especially because mm-hmm. I ran into someone playing it and I hadn't read Tord's article yet. Mm-hmm. So I, I stole their list and it was the Tord list. I had no idea. And people in my chat were like, that's Tord's list. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Where did this come from? This is just fun. And yeah. Mellow Magikarp had played a version of it even earlier than that. So he, it, so it's been around for a bit. And then that was like the first real exposure I had. And then I was pulling off six prize turns. I'm like, okay, this is kind of busted, kind of yeah. good. And but then uh, the whole thing is like trying to hit those me- those Melanies every time, and yeah. you've got you get four chances, and I think there's a version I'm playing now that has Palpads and increase those odds because mm-hmm. you have to, like professors and bunch of them away, but it's it still can be difficult to keep that combo going, but it's fun. Yeah, and like okay, how do I how do I get to this win condition? How do I make sure I've got damage on the bench? How do I make sure I got this? How much? How do how do I have that? Yeah, it, it, but there's a lot of options still, too. So, I mean, you have a bunch of different evolution lines. And I, I know listening to Mello uh, in particular uh, in the past, he'd be like, um, you know, having multiple evolution lines is kind of garbage. But what, what do we have here? We have obviously the Rapid Strikes. we got the Intellion line. we got the Remorades. <laughs> so there's, there, there's at least three there. Um, and it, it's seeing a lot of success. So I, I do like the options and just like the, you know, different, you know, gameplay mechanics and, and situational um, decisions you can be making with this deck. Yeah. Which is part of the reason why I like, like the Sylveon is there's so many attackers mm-hmm. and it's essentially a weakness box. Mm-hmm. It's like, do yeah. I, do I, do I bring in fire chicken, you know, the blaze again, <laughs> or do I, do I bring in ribbon boy, you know, Sil- Sylveon, or do I? I have attacked with the Leafion because I play yeah. the Leafion acceleration version. It's like, well, do I bring that in? Do I accelerate to the Leafion and try my luck with it? Yeah, yeah, it, that deck, lots of options. I think the most successful decks definitely have um, options. Maybe not necessarily attacking options, but just different options to interact with your opponent as well. Um, so yeah, there, again, the meta is pretty wide open in, in my eyes. Yeah. yeah, I'm 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 still trying to find that perfect perfect pairing for Rapid Strike Urshifu because I I have Urshifu my deck and it doesn't it's not it's the original Intellion not old little outdated at the moment and I'm like mm. who do I where do I go now do I get Sylveons and and do um, that or do I get Vapor like do I go to these Melanie route I like, mean I Tord knows what he's talking about so <laughs> Vaporeon might be the guy <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a if you Tor streamed it recently and it's a good watch just to see to hear his thoughts on how to do it mm-hmm. and it gives you a better idea of what how he was how he was going about building the deck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely want to uh, circle back and watch that because um, you know getting any kind of insight of a player of that magnitude is always great, especially when you're getting to see live interaction with cards. All right, so. All right. Let's jump in now and talk about some art. You are an illustrator. You've done lots of awesome, awesome pieces. I've seen, you know, you've, you've done pieces for many people in the community, plus just your live streaming. Um, I, I, I don't really know a ton about art. I kind of dabble in a little bit, but like what really inspired you to do, you know, your art and, and start, you know, on the streaming portion of with, with your art. Um, inspiration for art started when i was in my teenage years i would read a lot of comic book art and then i saw like anime so Mm -hmm. pokemon anime dragon ball z stuff like that and i was really intrigued by it and so i started kind of 
tracing and copying it at first, mm-hmm. which is a great way actually to start learning to draw. As long as you're not, as long as you're being honest about it, like, yes, I trace this, but yeah, you know, I'm, you're learning the basics to it, like the, how the shapes and the breakdown, and you're trying to use that as a way of getting better. Um, that's how, how I started. And then I continued onward. I actually went to uh, college for video game development. I uh, completely bombed out of that. I didn't bomb out of the college. I actually graduated. I just couldn't get a job. I wasn't actually that good at like a 3d modeling, but mm-hmm. I've always had a good, pretty good skill for illustration. And so I was able to take that kind of stuff, move it over, over into illustration. Then I started getting work with people and which surprised me at first was with video game companies. Cause that's yeah. who I knew. And then I moved into more marketing and then I started doing work for like wizards of the coast uh, uh, CBS doing stuff for Star Trek, uh, doing stuff for just like shirt companies, um, and just continued making art. And like Pokemon's always been one of those things that's been in my life. Mm-hmm. So I've always gone back and like kind of drawn different Pokemon and trying different things with them and trying like different styles and figuring out what I want to do, do with it. So it's, it's a, it's a lot. It, well, the biggest thing is like, just like the TCG, it's a lot of practice. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing. Like, I started streaming it because people knew I did art and I kept talking about it on my, my, my TCG streams. And then one night I'm like, you know what? I have an idea. I want to make some emotes. I want to sell these emotes. We'll sell them for $10. I draw whatever you pay $10. Yeah. You don't, you don't get to say anything. And then people came in and started going, Hey, here's money. Draw me more stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? You know what? That's cool. So I continued onward and continued making Pokemon emotes and just kept building upon it and people buying buying them uh gazer beam 2k use, has a lot of them he actually has a pretty big rotation once i've made yeah uh my own um i'm trying to remember who else and i've done so many and i've got a huge chart of just every emote i've ever made oh yeah that that would be actually really interesting to see are you able to like like post that chart on like twitter or something like that where people can kind of see that that, uh, uh, that old reference points uh, easiest one, uh, ZachRoy.com is okay. Z-A-C-H-R-O-Y.com. I have a, that's actually my complete portfolio. You can see some of the work I've yeah. done for like Wizards of the Coast and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there that, uh, there's a Twitch emote section where it has just a nice sampler of things. I've some of the ones I've done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I was just scrolling through some of your art on, on Twitter and I really like some of like the deck mats and the, uh, the play mats that you've been uh, making for Pokemon and the Digimonzer ones are pretty cool too. So, I mean, yeah, there's there's a high demand for the Digimon ones, which is actually actually surprising to look at, mm-hmm. considering all the stuff we get for Pokemon. Digimon doesn't get, so those people really really want the custom and they really want to get the stuff we we take for granted as players. Yeah, yeah. we'd be like, I want to I want a custom, I want a Gengar playmat. There's at least thirty of them that Pokemon's put out. Yeah. Whereas in with Digimon, they're, they're they've done zero <laughs> of anything. Oh jeez. So, so yeah, they need a way to subsidize that so they come to uh, people you know with talents like yourself. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. As far as um, you know, just art pieces in general. Do you do? Um, you, you said you do Pokemon, Digimon. Um, are there any other um, categories of art that you really enjoy to do? Uh, I just like to draw weird things. That's mm-hmm. my biggest thing. And like, that's where like 
Pokemon, Digimon, even like Star Trek and stuff come into play. Like, is like those things have like a essence with the kind of the weird and different, and that's where I get a lot of enjoyment from uh from drawing and art, and that's what, what I think is important for anybody who wants to get into art is to find what what put even put it as a muse. What what's your muse? What what makes you want to draw mm-hmm. and want and how much better do you want to get? Mm-hmm. Like we'll go even watch Bob Ross. He's he's just an amazing teacher as it is. He talks about like like making things happy. He, he loved to paint landscapes. Mm-hmm. There's a whole there's a whole documentary on Netflix about him. And it gets a little bit more into like what happened with his estate and other things, but like yeah. he loved painting landscapes so much and that he was getting, he was making TV shows on it and painting them all, all day. And they said he was like super happy about it. Yeah. Like I mean, you can see that. Yeah, I think if you're happy with whatever you're doing in life, it's going to show into your final product. And I, I think just the, the love that you put into your art is, is very apparent. Um, and you know, I, I enjoy seeing all the art that, um, that you put out there. Um, are you still doing any kind of um, commissions for for people? You said Digimon, but are you still doing any of those for like anybody for like Pokemon, Digimon, anything like that? Uh, yeah, uh, currently I announce when my commissions are open. I limit the slots because at one point I had about 50 people hitting me up all at once. Mm-hmm. And I answered every single email and I try to set up every single one. And that's just too many. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's overwhelming. So I now set up with a deposit system where whoever comes up, whoever comes up with the money first, like here, take, take my money, you know, the Friday. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they, I'm like, okay, cool. Okay. I filled up those slots, slots. You guys are all cool. I know you got money kind of thing. Like that's yeah. an important thing for artists and yeah. inspiring artists out there. Um, do not work for free. And that's a general thing. And thing. Mm-hmm. If you love something, do not do it for free. Yeah. Which, I mean, okay, sometimes we do things for free for exposure, et cetera, et cetera. But in the end, you should be able to make money off. Yeah, when you're, when you're doing things for commissions, you, you don't want to, you know, run into the situation where uh, you'll do the work and then they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got you. And then like they, they flake out on you or, or something comes up. Um, so if you're doing it the way you're doing it, um, you know, less stress on your end, worrying about collecting payment and, you know, and just kind of booking so many different people. Um, so I know I, I think the way you're doing it is super awesome. And if you ever do have any more open slots, let let me know, because there's a few ideas I have for the podcast that I would like uh, to commission out. Uh, but again, obviously, yeah. when and if you have the time. <laughs> yeah, I announce it on Twitter. I usually announce a few days in advance. Mm-hmm. But th- this is the time I'm going to open it up mm-hmm. so people have a, a good time. And then if they need to get the money together or whatever, whatever just to make sure they have it i, I usually try to do fridays because most people get paid fridays yeah so then it's a little bit a little bit easier on everyone and then they just come in and then it'll fill up and then i reach out the next day by hey how, how's it going thanks for choosing me for your art your art needs i'll come <laughs> how can i help you out today for sure um so when you're doing your streaming are you like you mentioned bob ross and like he would do a lot of landscaping and put teaching at the same time while doing it. Are you um, kind of focused on, on the whole teaching aspect or are you just kind of hanging out doing your thing? Um, or do you take joy into that, that kind of stuff? I kind of do a hybrid and I'm moving more towards uh, doing more teaching. Like I'm working on a, a, how to, how to draw Pokemon series. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would like to put it on YouTube. I was, I've been doing testing on it on Twitch this, uh, this week. Um, again, throw out Mellow Magikarp because he is a friend of mine. Uh, he posted one of the Jigglypuffs he drew following my stream mm-hmm. and breaking down how, how, how the process goes. And, and that's why I'm starting to go to more tours because I realized when I'm drawing on stream, I'm skipping about eight steps that maybe a beginner needs to know. Yeah. So I'm like, here's this, 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 and this I did. And all of a sudden there's most of Garchomp drawn <laughs> and people are like, wait, how'd that happen? <laughs> how'd that happen? Yeah. Why, yeah. why are we at this point already? So yeah, um, it, 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 I'm starting to slow it down and be like, like here's how you draw with like a pen and like it's perfectly fine if you if you do it real sketchy because mm-hmm. what what you're trying to do is is you're practicing in the end to be be able to use those skills on something more finalized. I have sketchbooks full mm-hmm. of just scrap scrappy drawings where things do not look finished at all, but you can tell what they are and then you might see parts of that and something that I've put out like for a gallery show or mm-hmm. uh, elements of it, like uh, scroll work in some of the t-shirts I've made. Like I would sit there and draw ribbons all day, just mm-hmm. draw a ribbon, keep doing the flow, keep doing the flow. So by the time I actually used it in an art piece, like uh, there's a mad party piece I did where it was like, we're all, we're all mad or something. So it was like, it's like a, a tattoo kind of thing. I, I, I don't remember where it is. I would have to find it. Um, it, it had a lot of scroll work to it, but because I put in all that time ahead of time, I was able to put the, the scroll, the scrolls and the ribbons and everything all in that like within like minutes. Yeah. Instead of trying to sit there, redraw it. Okay. No, redraw it. No. Okay. Redraw it. No. Okay. It, 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 repetition i guess makes uh you know you know it easier for, uh, no matter what you're doing especially art definitely sounds like that is the case yeah you got a good muscle memory with it as well yeah i will, I will definitely say my uh right wrist because i'm right-handed uh does have some bone crackling kind of to it yeah. like i've done a lot of exercise and practice and make sure it's good but you can still kind of sometimes hear a little bit of grind and part of that might be also 20 years of drawing yeah so well that's that's the thing with like any well anything that hand related you, you get that um the wear, wear out the hands real quick if you do it continuously but like you were saying you want to do those things continuously like art uh especially the more you everything doesn't have to come up for the perfect like the first time you do it the more things, the more times you try and explore things, the easier it becomes to you later. It's where, I mean, I, I did, a, I did go to school for a little bit of art uh, as well. So I know the more things, like the more times you try things out, experiment, you'll, you'll pick it up and it becomes a little faster and easier mm-hmm. the, the more you do it. Yeah, uh, I agree. I, I, I like to draw from time to time. I don't put as much effort into it as I probably should. Um, but it's something, it, it is a very therapeutic uh, process sometimes from seeing a, cam- a blank canvas turn into something uh, pretty interesting, no matter how long it takes. Even if you're a beginner like myself, it might take three hours to do something that might take like Zach, maybe 20 minutes or something like that. Uh, but still, it's, it's, it's an enjoyable process. And I think... Um, yeah, uh, it, the more art we put out there, just in general, the better. 
Um, it's always nice to get to see nice, uh, pretty pictures, especially with Pokemon. Lots of um, expression there. <laughs> yeah, and it's a lot of fun also to go. And if you're doing working digitally, mm-hmm. you can save out uh, your process. And then you can watch. It's really fun to go sit through the, as a slideshow, watch the thing come together. Mm-hmm. Like there's one I did, the Viridian Forest play mat I did for uh, uh, Gyro Shunts tournaments. Yep. I saved like so many drafts of that, that I go through and I can watch the whole process slowly build together. It's like watching a forest build itself. And it's really therapeutic. Like I've even just gone back and watched it and I'm just like, wow. Yeah. Like I, I, and because I went through the process, I'm remembering, like, Oh yeah, that's why I put in the, 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 uh, the lighting. And this is when I, I put in the bug catcher. And this is when I, I put in like, I, I, I moved the cocoons like, <laughs> two inches but it looks like 12 feet in in the thing and yeah it's just it's just like yeah there we go it's, it's just so much so much fun oh, yeah. that's super awesome i'm just getting it's hard to like maybe explain for me but i'm just getting that image in my head of like art just like drawing itself and kind of like i think that's what you're getting at or it's like rerunning mm-hmm. uh it's pretty it's pretty uh interesting and cool to think about So um, I think that's it that I, as far as questions I had, Chuck, do you have any more? No, I mean, you really covered a lot of the art stuff. Yeah. yeah. Over a lot. <laughs> um, I just like before, during uh, I was scrolling your art. I mean, a lot of it is amazing. So um, props to you. I'm, I am sad that that Mimikyu is going to the archives because that Mimikyu art, the Halloween <laughs> one that you just posted on Twitter, like, what yesterday is really sweet. Mimikyu is one of my favorite Pokemon. So, yeah, I love drawing Mimikyu. He's actually kind of difficult, surprisingly, yeah. for me. I don't know what about it, but I, I think a part of it, it's the handmade versus like organic. It has yeah. It's like yeah. part organic, part handmade because you know the, the the mask and it's a challenge. So I keep going back to Mimikyu. Yeah. And but, he's he's slowly gone up the charts of like my favorite Pokemon as I've worked on it. Mm-hmm. And earlier he asked me like one of my favorite cards, uh, Copycat Mimikyu, was, is on that list because it won me multiple uh, league cups mm-hmm. because people would go up with a uh, it was when Ultra Necrozma was real popular in the meta, especially in our place. So they'd hit me with that, and then I'd bring Mimikyu up and Copycat, and I would have Malamar already on the bench, so it'd have like five energies. I'm like, why do you have five yeah. energies on the Mimikyu? Oh, because I want to copy your attack you just did, and I'm going to discard all those, <laughs> and then your and then your ultra necrosma's gone. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah, awesome. All right, well, I I want to say thank you for coming on and talking all things Pokemon. I had a blast, um, and, and learned learned a great uh, deal about a bunch of different you know categories. Um, but before we let you go, um, do you have any shout outs or plugs that you want to throw out there? Uh, definitely plug my own my own Twitch. Um, I do Pokemon TCG and art. My schedule is a little bit in flux right now as mm-hmm. I'm I'm starting to start to solidify it a little bit better. But usually it's a chill stream late night. We just go in, play or draw, try to keep things chill. I'm not going to go into I'm not going to go in super hardcore on you or like theory craft. I just want to have come in, bring your night down kind of thing. Like yeah, you know, chill like chill and have a good time. For sure. Yeah. Uh, we'll definitely have uh, your links to um, your Twitch, your your website for your art and all, all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, thanks again for coming on. Um, I think that's a, basically do for us here, Chuck. Yeah. 
I got nothing left, and that was uh, a whole lot of fun uh, learning art, Pokemon Unite, Pokemon TCG, whole lot of info in this one. So thanks again for coming on. Um, that's a wrap. Yeah. Happy Halloween, everybody. Mm-hmm.